All right, here we are. Warrior Poet Project, podcast three. Two very special guests today. We have Miss Texas, Whitney Miller, soon to be Miss America. And then we have Nick the Ghost Gonzalez, soon to be, I don't know, is it going to be boxing champion of the world? Is it going to be MMA champion of the world? Uh, I'm going to add another title to my MMA now. Yeah, so sticking with the MMA, MMA. but you have a boxing match coming up, right? Tell yeah, us a little actually, bit about that. Uh, it's going to be this Friday at the Frank Irwin Center. It's on ESPN, Friday Night Fight, so uh, make sure you tune in to catch that. It's, a, it's just a little four-rounder. I'm uh, fighting another guy. He's another local guy. Um, so I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I was kind of mentioning earlier before we started. He, you know, he, He's kind of taking it lightly, and he's not really you know, taking the fact that I have over 40 professional fights. They're not all boxing, you know, kickboxing, boxing, MMA, but and I'm a champion, so, I mean, you know, you don't become a champion by just waking up and, and you know drinking something. It, it takes hard work and dedication. So, so you're saying it's going to end badly for this? Yeah, guy. yeah. He thinks it's a sparring <laughs> session. That's what I like to hear. Yeah, no, he, he's going night night. I'm, I'm pretty excited <laughs> about it, and I've heard a lot. You know, I've been in the gym a lot. You know, in, in boxing gyms, I sparred throughout town. So a lot of the old school guys around town and and people that do know of my abilities, they know that I can box very well. So. They're like, man, man, this guy's not taking it like serious. So, you know, go in there and whip his ass. I'm like, hmm, all right. There you go. That was the plan. Time for a anyway, wake-up call, yeah. huh? Four rounds of boxing. Yeah. You can just kind of unleash the beast in that. I mean, three-minute rounds, Three-minute right? rounds, You're used yeah. to those five-minute MMA rounds. Five-minute rounds, yeah. So, it just, you know, it's just a little bit. I mean, you have to stay uh, uh, busier in a certain way. I mean, you're a little more active. Your legs definitely had to be a lot stronger than, than the MMA fights. I mean, I, I don't say MMA guys aren't in shape because it's a different conditioning, but I mean, you're on your feet, you're constantly bouncing. It's three minute round, it goes quick, but you know, there, there can be three minutes in MMA can be on the ground, you know, but yeah. you're not really, you know, you're stressing up your body as much, you're not jumping around, so. Nobody's punching in the face, you know, I've had fights in MMA where guys, they're trying to grab me the whole time, take me down, because yeah. they were homos. And I was hitting them in, I was hitting them in the face. I was like, get off me. No, but for real, I mean, you could fight a, a guy the whole time. He's just trying to get you down because that's what he wants. And you spend a lot of time on the ground. It's a different conditioning, but I, I feel really good, man. I mean, you know, I was already going to fight May 4th, um, an MMA fight, but uh, it got canceled. And then this came up. And I mean, I was already in the gym, so just a good opportunity. Yep. And then straight from there out to uh, Dominic Cruz training camp, right? Yeah, I leave, I believe the 10th um, to uh, Las Vegas. I think they finished the camp till June 2nd. Because he's out there filming the Ultimate Fighter, so he has to be out there till June second, and then they go out to Vegas, back to San Diego to finish his camp, and then he fights July seventh. So and that, right. that's that's another thing too. It's like you know I've been in his camp several times, and you know, you know you're in a camp with world champion and other guys like that. I mean you're you know you're taking some and you're giving some ass whipping. So yeah, I mean like I said, this guy is thinking it's gonna be a cakewalk. I'm like, all right, dude. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not intimidated by him. And that's the funny thing too. Is like. It's he's not easily he's not intimidating me. I don't know if he's thinking that I'm gonna to get to the Irwin Center and the TV, the cameras and all that shit's gonna freak me out. And I'm like, dude, like, really? Like yeah, that's sure. gonna scare me? Like, you've been in Strike Force, you've been in Japan, you've been all over the yeah, place. Yeah, it's not gonna bother you. Yeah, at all. So, but how it's it's got to be a bit different, and uh, you know, just the, how's the mindset different from a boxing match versus an MMA match? You know, I've watched both, and I've I've commented myself that there seems to be an epic quality about an MMA match that I haven't quite seen matched in a boxing match. Somehow, even those small amount of rules that they have, you know, the ability to duck a punch and just hang on to somebody and let the ref separate you, mm -hmm. it kind of removes some, a bit of that kind of epic primal quality that I 
find in MMA. Do you feel that different or does it feel like you're going ready to die just like an MMA match? Um, me personally, though, I'm like, I'm ready to die in any fight. I mean, yeah. no, I, I'm, I mean, you've seen, I've, I've gone to sleep. I'll, I'll go out swinging. I, I, that's just me as a fighter. You know? Right. I'm, but how's I'm it, an how's Aztec it different, with, no, how's but, it different uh, with boxing? It, it's the, the element of knowing, like, I'm not going to worry about anything else other than him punching me. Yeah. You know, like, you're saying you duck under punch, you get clinched up. Well, in MMA, the guy's going to start trying to knee you. <laughs> he can he can throw you. He can elbow you. I mean, there's a lot of other things that you got to kind of be aware of. So that's what makes it, I think, a little more intense because, you mm-hmm. know, as soon as you get in, and, you know, you miss a punch, you move, you duck, you get into a clinch, you really you got to be expecting, you know, something. Something's going to yeah, come. Sure. He's going to try to knee you. He's going to throw you down. Um, you know, he might jump and fly an armbar you or whatever. I mean, that's that's what the, 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 dynam- the dynamic and the excitement – of MMA, I think what makes it a little more just like, yeah. Oh, I mean, you that, see the intensity of people. That epic quality. Exactly. Yeah, I was out in uh, I was out in Atlanta for that John Jones fight. Yeah. John Jones Rashad. Did you see that? Yeah, did unfortunately. You did you catch that, Winnie? No, I didn't. <laughs> you didn't catch me though. Um, but you know, <laughs> why not, Whitney? The, the, I know, right? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing my hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just the, although the fight, the fight was cool. You know, it wasn't like the best fight in the world, but the, just the kind of anticipation in the arena. You know, for those two guys that hate each other and the just the threat of imminent violence from John Jones, you know, like not knowing how it's going to come, where it's going to come from, spinning elbow, yeah. spinning back kick, flying knee, whatever the hell he's going to do. The tension that everybody felt was just incredible. Like you can't really match that. And I remember another time I saw that was Chuck Liddell Rampage, which was another terrible fight. But the build up to that, you know, in that arena with those two guys not liking each other, kind of an audience that was pretty polarized. Yeah. Um, it's just really, it's unlike anything else that you've seen. For anybody who hasn't seen an MMA fight live, you get something different out of that than you would just watching it on TV. That's TV, what I was about to say, yes. Yeah. It's, I had to feel like the energy and the vibe when you're watching it live has to be crazy because I've never seen anything live. I've seen bits and pieces on TV. But actually being there and feeling the energy and the tension, like you were saying, yeah. just has to be unreal. Yeah, it's, I mean, especially when the fighters don't like each other and, you know, they, you can kind of sense it. And I guess maybe it kind of builds the crowd hype up as well, you know, and like, so like this John Jones Rashad, I mean, it was just electric in there. And when everything was going down, I mean, people were reacting strongly, (laughs) you know, but then, you know, the fight didn't quite maybe live up to what people thought, but it was still a pretty good fight, I thought. It, it reminded me when I was, while I was watching it after like the first round. I think it uh, slowly started to turn into like um, a Floyd Mayweather fight. Where yeah, I mean, and it's not taking anything away from Floyd because I actually the last probably year or two I've become a bigger fan of his. So, you know, that's kind of on the down low because you know he is kind of a brash and asshole. I don't like that part about him, but he, you know, again, same thing. He's he's a champion for a reason. He's he's won over 41 fights and he's undefeated because he's a hard worker. He really is as brash as he is, but he's so good that you watch his fights like Mosley or, um, you know, when he knocked out, uh, who did he knock out? Ricky Hatton. It's just how he just picks him apart yeah. and just kind of shuts him down. Like Mosley from like round, round f- I think five on was just like, it, it, Mosley was just standing there watching every punch that came at his face. Almost like Rashad was just like, dumbfounded yeah. at what John yeah. Jones is going to do. He's like, he's like, I don't know why the fuck he kept reaching out and touching his hands after the first <laughs> elbow. Yeah, he's like, boom, yeah. don't do that again. And his corner's like, don't do it again. 
You know, and I had a lot of faith in Rashad because he has a good camp out there with the Black Zillions. And the thing that made me really excited is um, I don't know how much uh, time he got spent with Roy Jones Jr., but, you know, Roy Jones, I think, worked him a bit. But Tyrone Spong, I thought, was going to be the big difference. Who Tyrone Spong, yeah. if you've never seen him, you got to YouTube that guy. He's one of the best kickboxers in the world. And um, you're sparring rounds with that guy. I mean, consistently, there's nothing that John Jones is going to do to you. I mean, maybe a little more unpredictable, but... You could go with that guy, you know, this guy. Yeah, the but then, then how do you mimic an extra 10-inch reach advantage? That's the other thing, <laughs> you know, too. Was, like, I mean, we looked up at, yeah. the, at the fight sets, 10-inch reach advantage. The guy throws elbows, and it's the same length as it's my punch. punch yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I mean, so it's, it's, it's just another kind of yeah. another level. I thought Rashad was going to try and take him down a lot more. but Me too. Jones, I really did. I mean, he tried a couple times, and Jones just stuffed it like it was mm-hmm. nobody's, you know, no problem at all. I mean, after I saw what Jones did to Ryan Bader, you know, stuffing those shots and just kind of manhandling him. Bader's a sick wrestler. I didn't think that was going to work for Rashad. But he did clip him with that head kick, though. That was one thing, was actually. Cool. Yeah, uh, Rudy and I had talked about that. You know, Rudy was like, why did, he, why did he just not jump on him? You know, that. And then he also landed an overhand right at Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it looked like once he did that, it's like that's all he was waiting on trying yep. to He's like, okay, here it is. Here but it then is. he didn't throw that head kick anymore. Anymore, exactly. He like, should have got, you, you got to go, go crow cop from pride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, he has throwing, a knockout with a head kick. Just keep throwing it up exactly. there. Exactly. And eventually it'll land. If yeah. there are like 10, one of them will land. Or go, you know, like, uh, was it Kung Lee who broke Shamrock's arm with it? Right. You know, you block it enough times, it's going to hurt somebody yeah you know kick, that kick was his only lot, chance man. i mean holding hands and getting elbowed in the face that was so sad <laughs> I, was that, I was like oh my god the, is he really gonna do that again there was there was no knockout but there was like an ego knockout when when john jones took him kind of by the collar and tripped him a little bit and slammed him yeah. one arm down that was it yeah, that was, you can't really talk shit after that's, that you know big brother little brother yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know he owned him he had a stone between his legs yeah you know? the hype i think is just what pissed me off you know it was like again like like watching mayweather you know his hype on the fights and then he mm-hmm. just shuts the guy down he's so good you're like knock him out yeah you know? put him away That's, yeah yeah not this time he usually does <laughs> but going back to uh going back to what i was saying about those the live fights it's also then a whole other layer when you know somebody and you're good friends with them and then you're watching them fight and then that's a that's a whole different story i mean i've been there um watching you on in victory and defeat and obviously you know victory it's one of the best feelings you could you can have you know you feel like you're right there you're you know you're up on the cage yelling and then we're yelling and it's fucking awesome <laughs> y'all are trying to get on the cage <laughs> yeah. too like, yeah. yeah it's awesome it's like it's like the best thing you can imagine and then you know when when you lose though, it's fucking terrible yeah. it's crushing it's this helpless feeling of like why can't I help my friend? <laughs> you know, it's like he's in there just to live or die on his own. And I think that adds some of the epic quality. I've also, you know, obviously been there with my good friend Roger and we'll all head out there and, uh, and check him out too. But it's, it's, a, it's another level. It's another level checking that out. Um, so Whitney, you were also an athlete mm-hmm. besides being Miss Texas on the way to becoming Miss America. Right, there we go. Yeah. So you started off in uh, in real surfing or wake surfing? What was your first? Real uh, surfing. Yeah. yeah. When I was, I don't know, 13, I started, or 12 or something, started surfing. I'm from Corpus Christi, so South Texas, and that's what we did. I There's mean, no beaches in Corpus you can surf Oh, on. please. <laughs> Come on, let's beach. go. <laughs> yeah, right. Be careful challenging Whitney. We'll, we'll, we'll set up a foot race no, out here. I tried. Oh, yeah. Race. You want to race? Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aubrey almost yeah, got beat. Yeah, 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 I had to think about it. This is a scary moment. I know, because as soon as he said, yeah, race her, I was like, wait yeah, a minute. We, uh, we decided to sprint, and I came out at about 92%. 
And she was pulling away like a motherfucker. I had really? to dig deep. I had to dig like Rottweiler. He made it though. He Rott- got it. Rottweiler chasing me deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the pull out of this. So awesome. I couldn't. I just couldn't live with it. Yeah. So I, I went to 105. percent But uh, all right. So you started off real surfing out yeah. there in Corpus. Huge monster mm-hmm. waves, right? That's so like the north. Like it's like the North Shore out there, right? I wish. Yeah. No. I mean, we'll get hurricane swells every once in a while, and then yeah. that's when we all go out. But other than that, you gotta just gotta go out there and just see what you can get. Yeah. And it really then, sucks to be completely honest. Yeah. <laughs> well, it got you to the uh, got you to be a professional wake surfer. Yeah, that's right. So it's all lake based now. I don't have a beach here in mm. Austin, so we go out in the lake and wait down one side of the boat. They actually have boats that are you know made for wake surfing. So I mean, on me, I'm, I'm a p- petite girl, so the weight can be anywhere from my waist to my chest high, and yeah. it's so fun. Yeah, for yeah. those of you who haven't seen wake surfing and checked it out, you should, you should YouTube it. Do you have any videos up? Or yeah, there'll be some up there. Um, we're filming soon, so a brand new video is going to come out within the next couple of months. Uh, yeah, check it out on YouTube. Yeah, see it there. Check it out. Wake surfing, Whitney Miller. She's out there shredding some fresh water. It's pretty dope. So that's awesome that you surf. I that's tried fun. when I was in San Diego, and I I was not successful at all. Well, it's like there's that I, I even had like the, get, the handicap board, like the really the really big, big, board. big it's like thick, an ironing like board. Yeah, ones. you can yeah. just you can just stand <laughs> up any way you want on that board. <laughs> I was man. like, no, come on, paddle. They're like, paddle. I'm like, I'm trying. Maybe it's, like, maybe it's because your arms couldn't reach over the side. Yeah, of I know. The, I was like, you got like a, a paddle, like an extension, I can use. <laughs> Give me some flippers. You could get one of those Hawaiian like or surfboards. I want I want a paddleboard on um like what they have here at Lake Travis. That looks you know relaxed. You stand up on the board. Generally kind of the same yeah. thing. It's a big board like yeah. that. It's thrilling. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <It's thrilling>. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> it looks safe, man. <laughs> it's extremely almost safe. drowned trying to surf. Yeah. <laughs> I got up once and then, and like I was like oh I'm up and then like when I wiped out I was just like all right that's it. I, got I mean you can get and... worked out there for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean it's oh. definitely hard. I mean. Keeps your shoulders really lean, I bet, huh? Yeah. You gotta do a lot of paddling. Yeah. Out there. Or just in shape everything. in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. Your core, because you're having to jump up like that, you know? It's all core. Paddling out, I think, is the hardest thing. You have to a six do. pack? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. keeps yeah. you in good shape. Right? I mean, I'm a bit dead serious. Every, you don't ever see a fat surfer. I mean, they're all like you know, true. lean guys and stuff. It's true. Take, yeah. One of the guys that trained at the San Diego, he's like a state champion from his high school in surfing. State, he's only like, he's a like a state champion? Yeah, they have it, I guess, in high school out there wow. in California. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe we have a, that here, too, oh, in Texas. <laughs> really? Oh, we do, yeah. Now? Okay. Well, All right. Texas school, is coming up. I see. Watch out. Like now, <laughs> they, now they have... Gulf of uh, Mexico has really got so, it going on. <laughs> so, so did you just crush the other high schools and well, we, I don't know. competitions? When we were in high school, we didn't have like a, a high school team. We had the Texas Gulf Surfing Association, but where it, just everyone came together and did it. Yeah. Yeah. So then you decided to get into pageant work. Right. So yeah. when, when did that start? Well, for that you? started. It... My first pageant was Miss Corpus Christi, and I was late to rehearsals. I missed all the rehearsals because there was a hurricane swell that came <laughs> in, and I went surfing instead. All right. So at least you were old enough to surf when you started. So how old? How old I were was you sixteen. When you yeah. I was Miss right Corpus on. Christi teen. So I was sixteen. My first pageant. Um, went in there and and won somehow. I don't know how it happened. I was sunburned. I was ridiculous. And so um, yeah, totally. <laughs> Then I went to Miss Texas Teen, did horrible, blew it, did a really bad job. Well, how do you do a really bad job? Because it seems like, I, I mean, for people who don't know, it seems like you just you just kind of show up. Right. And smile. You walk but up I want to find out what 
what's deeper like what what more is oh involved gosh. there's so much that goes into it i know people are like whatever okay <laughs> no, all you I, do is walk up there and smile and wave I think, I think and I'm, kiss people i'm behind like, you i mean i know it's hard because i've watched miss congeniality a few times <laughs> there you go <laughs> it gives you good all insight the on the it scenes. yeah yeah i mean you have like an interview coach you have a walking coach you know where to look you know where to smile like it's crazy how to stand. Um, yeah, but does, does that really matter to the judges? I mean, at the end of the are they really judging on that? Or they're like, that bitch is hot. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, if over. she's really pretty, she's going to be pretty. But I mean, think about it. You have a hot chick, but then she right. walks into interview and can't speak. Like, you know, yeah, there's yeah, those yeah. girls that you see yeah, that are sure. super hot. And then they something comes out of their mouth and you're like, whoa. That doesn't yeah. matter to me. <laughs> Just give me a few drinks, it'll be all right. The beer goggles come out. Yeah, exactly. No, No, you're absolutely right, I think. Well, I feel like that with guys, too. Yeah. Well, guys guys is a whole other... I mean, that's a whole other dynamic as well. Because if a guy can't speak, those good looks are going to get him earning, you know, $9 an hour. Yeah. You know, and that's going to be a bit of a problem. (laughs) Right. You know, down the road, presumably. True. You know, so charm and those things, it's earning power, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, it's coming along that way for women, but... It's not quite the same dramatic right. effect. As, right. You know, a you know, little pretty guy is cute for a while, but after, you know, you start thinking about looks, trying to raise a family. Looks a little old, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. All right, so back to pageant. We'll get we'll get more into that later, but back to pageant. So so you got to so you got to prepare, you know, your charm, your eloquence, things like that. Right. As well as everything else. So, so take that was us my through, problem. Like, yeah. That okay. was my problem at Miss Texas Teen, the second pageant I did, huge pageant. I went in there, I mean, I was trained to a T, like at least I thought I was. I mean, I went through all of these sessions trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And I went in there and I wasn't who I normally am. Like I didn't go in there having a conversation. You wouldn't ask me a question and I would give you the typical pageant answer. Right. And I'm totally not that girl at all. I mean, you know, right. we've hung right. out like, <laughs> right. I'm not that girl. So, you know, I decided not to do it anymore. And a week and a half before Miss Texas United States, girlfriend of mine was like do it and I said no there's no way I'm doing it I have no desire to do it somehow so you just so you just you just complete you won Miss Corpus Christi Mm -hmm. you went to Miss Teen Texas and blew it right and then you were just like ah fuck it I'll try Miss Texas like six years later so you don't have like an illustrious career of pageanting Uh, I could not handle that, to be completely honest. I could not. I would go crazy. I mean, there's girls out there that love it and, you know, more power to you. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. Because I'm like, let's go on the water. Let's go on the lake. Let's go surf. Let's do something else. But, um, yeah, so like six years later, a week and a half before, I ended up borrowing my dress, my swimsuit, my heels, everything, and um, completely changed everything and decided, you know what, I'm going to walk in there and be exactly who I am, have a conversation with them, with these judges, give them the answers that they, you know, that they probably won't hear from the other girls just because yeah, I'm sure. being straight up with them. And I told the judges that during the interview, I said, he goes, you seem like such a free spirit. Why are you doing pageants? And I said, be that what an odd, what an odd question for a judge right. as if they're cultivating non-free spirits, <laughs> right? like these dronish slave pageant girls. I know. Well, know? some girls are like that. I guess other, you know, other girls are kind of their own. You probably you get know, a lot of like, cookie cutter girls, the girls that were trained right. out there. No, you definitely do. You know? mm-hmm. Well, I imagine like, if you'd been, if you'd been pageanting since you were like, you know, tiny, you know, that five-year-old creepy pageant yeah. kind of program. <laughs> right. you know, I imagine pageant. that. That's got to be tough. You know, you got to be at that age. You shouldn't be worried about what you look like and being judged. Because you are being judged. Yeah. You on sh- I mean, everything. Little, little girls should not be getting judged on all these 
fucking criteria about their makeup and their fucking right. it's crazy. You know, it's got to fuck them up a little bit. You I know, don't know. if I didn't do it. Thank goodness. Yeah, but I, I mean, think and I think that's going to play probably to your advantage. You know, I hope having, so. Yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. We'll see. Well, we'll find we're, out. We're working this text. I'm for you. Oh, also, thanks. probably that perfect score on your swimsuit. Yeah, that definitely helped. So was, only time ever, that. only time ever in Miss Texas An interview. Yeah. You got okay. a perfect score? Yeah. Wow. I was excited. So awesome. I won the swimsuit interview or swimsuit award and didn't think I was going to win the crown because I was like, okay, I'm pumped with swimsuit. I'm down, you know, whatever. And then they call my name for the crown and I totally didn't believe it at all. So my goal was to win the crown and swimsuit at Miss United States this year. Awesome. July. Let's do it. Let's bring the crown back. Bring it. Bring it. Mm-hmm. Bring it to Texas. Bring it back to Austin. Who owns, yeah. it? Who owns it now? Who has it? Who's Miss America right now? Virginia. Virginia. Virginia's whack. Bring it back to <laughs> I went to school in Virginia. Virginia's all right. Yeah. University of Richmond. Timberland, Timberland is like the only thing in Virginia. <laughs> and Virginia Beach. No. <laughs> well, as I've, as I've explained to you before, I think the key, the key factor is that, um, you know, if you believe you're going to win, the judges will believe you're going to win. Right. People take you at your own estimation more often than not. You know, and I think probably, you know, some of your confidence and swagger from just being a robust person in your last competition, you know, certainly helped. I mean, that mm-hmm. that's always going to push you through. But, you know, in dating and everything, that's why you see some of these guys with, you know, really ugly guys, beautiful girls, you know, and, and they don't even have money or anything, but they're somehow weirdly confident. And you're like, how the <laughs> fuck are you confident? But, <laughs> but they are, and the girls believe them. No, it's and true. so yeah. you know they they're taking these guys at their own estimation of themselves. You know, because mm-hmm. who knows them better than themselves? You know, who knows you better than you? Right. So if you believe that you are an amazing catch, you know, people will believe you as well. It's kind of the one of the fundamental laws of the universe. So mm-hmm. well, I know when it comes <clears throat> to like pageants, they tell you when you walk on stage, you need to be thinking to yourself. I am Miss United States. Like, right. this is my crown. I'm going to have this in an hour from now. Yeah. Being confident. Yeah, just, yeah, being really confident. And that's what's great about, you know, the pageant girls that are out there. There are some pageant girls. I mean, you have to be a really strong and confident girl to get up there. I mean, you're being judged by thousands of people on every single little tiny thing. To so be, you gotta be ready to be for good, it. or you shut off and become a robot and just go through the motions. Right, and yeah, and you and don't you win, you don't, don't do anything. You just cut it off. You just go Prozac on it and mm-hmm. just put the wall up. But and I, I mean, think- I know it sounds corny, but there's a lot like behind having the crown too. Like it's not just having that crown that you can hang on the wall and then be like, oh yeah, you know, I was Miss Texas. No, like you got to go out there and get your hands dirty. Like we do appearances all the time. Yeah, sure. We are doing things all the time to raise money for charities, regardless if you, I mean, you got to take time out of whatever you want to be doing to really help other people. And I find it enjoyable. So I think it's great. The next Miss Texas, I mean, she's, she's got to get out there and do some work for sure. You've set the bar high is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone to Supercuts yet? Oh, you know, I haven't no. made it there yet. I met Miss Texas, <laughs> I told you right, 1993 Miss Texas met her at Supercuts when I was getting my hair cut. What was she doing there, Nick? Charity work. Charity. Okay. <laughs> so, Even Nick, did you, did, you, did you try and close the deal with her, or what happened? Uh, at that time in my life, I didn't have confidence, so no. <laughs> you, you just couldn't, couldn't yeah, make it happen? I was just staring at her like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think, uh, I think so, so when you're up there, they're, they're telling you to say, you know, I'm going to win this. This is mine. You know, so it's kind of, you'd, you could call that actually, it's called neuro-linguistic programming. 
you know, and you can basically program yourself through your own words into believing whatever you want to believe. And mm-hmm. it's a way to kind of, because if you constantly tell yourself, oh, I fucking suck. Wow, you worthless piece of shit. You know, I, I've right. heard people with that internal monologue, they'll actually believe themselves when they say it, even if they don't really think they mean it. You say that enough times, you're going to believe it. But you say the opposite, you know, you program yourself the opposite way. Like, you know, I'm a winner. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I'm going to do whatever you want to do. Program it that way. You can actually program yourself the opposite way. Oh, I totally agree. So, yeah, it's a, definitely a, a valuable technique. And then I'm sure visualization, I think that's something that's also important for fighters, I would say, uh, as yeah, well. You know, I was just actually that. thinking about that because, I mean, I know mm-hmm. I've had, I've taken fights, you know, where I probably shouldn't have, you know. I, I know I shouldn't have, you know, and they go on your record as a loss, you know. And, uh, I mean, who, who fights Eve Edwards on their week, you know, on a week notice when he's like one of the number five guy in the world, you know, at that time? Yeah. Me? Yeah. But, you know, I had just came off of a knockout win in uh, Denver in the World Combat League, so I was confident. But more than anything, I was just thinking, like, it, I've always believed in myself, whether anybody else believed in me. Like, I believed in myself and my abilities. So, and, you know, I'll go in there. But are, are there times, are there times where that belief is, you know, at 110% or 90%? You know, like, are there times where it's like, you fucking just know that you're going to win? And there's other times where you're like, yeah, you believe in yourself. You've worked yeah. hard. You know, can well, you I mean, can you yeah. can you tell the difference beforehand, or do you can you tell the difference afterwards? Um, I think when when you get the closer you get, you know, you start to try to break it down a little more mentally. That's when you kind of start weighing. Like, I wouldn't say you start you back off because you always want to believe in yourself. One hundred ten. You start questioning things like, "Damn it, is this a good fight for me? You know, this is a yeah. bad stylistic matchup. You know, I'm fighting out of my weight class." What am I doing? Oh no! If I hit this motherfucker, I'm gonna knock him out. You know. Then then you rebuild. So you yourself. talk you talk yourself back, back into, into it. it. Yeah. 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 I, I think you know it. It really seems that um, you know just watching these fighters and and people going through. There's a certain level of you know undeniable confidence that some people have. You oh know, yeah. Where they sure. just know they're gonna win and they impose that will upon their opponent. And then you see some of these guys take a loss, and then it's like. It's not quite the same they sink. game anymore. Yeah, no, they you sink. know, it's I mean, uh, that that kind of unshakable confidence where like I cannot be beat starts to starts. I, to I don't fade. know who quoted it or who said it recently, but more so, it, it's true. If not even a quote, it's uh, you can't really determine how strong you are when you're on top. It's when you fall down and you're at the lowest point when when you got to rebuild yourself. And yeah. that's actually what I've been kind of going through myself. I think you know personally that last year was probably one of the worst years I've had of my career and and I can't even think of a year that bad you know I was like in the controversial um fight down in the end well when I when I fought in uh, South Texas nine seconds left you know I'm whipping the guy's ass and the doctor decides to stop the fight well you know you're fighting a local guy the hometown doctor the hometown guy you're like yeah he was probably at the doctor's room last night you know cuddling with him and you know (laughs) He's like, hey, man, you know, I mean, the guy was a punk. I, I To me, this day, the guy ever comes close to me, I'll slap him just because I think he's a coward and I don't have any respect for him. The fighter or the doctor? The fighter yeah. and the doctor. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> all the, of them. The, the doc, yeah, all of them. <laughs> Fuck them all. Okay. No, but the, I mean, the doctor, I think he just freaked out, you know, because the cuts were well, pretty nasty. It was it was nasty, but nine seconds. But I was also fucking, winning Yeah, still. I know, you were winning. Like, you're winning the fight. With one eye. So, so, yeah, so mm-hmm. for people who obviously didn't see the fight, Nick was winning the fight, dominated the first and the third round, but had a nasty fucking cut under his eye. I mean, it was bad. It was swollen and nasty. But the doctor, 
came up with nine seconds left and called to stop the fight. Yeah. I mean, in, in 451 in the third round yeah. in a fight that you nine had seconds. in the bag. Yeah. So obviously Nick was not too What? Uh, and happy then it was over that. after no. that? Yeah, and then they stop and then he gets the victory. The the yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God! Was, uh, I didn't have a lot of nice things to say to the doctor afterwards because no. then you know they had to send the emergency room to get stitched up. You know, I was like, "Get the fuck out of my face, man! Like you robbed me. You know, like, kind of what, what kind of human being are you? You know." Like, <laughs> but the doctor doesn't understand what all goes into going and training for a fight. You know, yeah, and what sure. for me, where I guess I was too mentally last year. I think just like I said, a low point trying to rebuild. I lost the big strike force fight, which was kind of a deal breaker. I think. If I had won that one, that would have got me closer to, you know, the big show. And uh, probably I would have been in by summertime. But, you know, I lose in, in a really ugly fashion um, to come back and then knock out a guy and, and keep that momentum going. And then I get this fight right before the end of the year. Um, and I thought, okay, cool. I'll close the year with, you know, two two wins and rack up two more next year. Get my win streak, four wins back. And, I mean, that was my plan. I was thinking like that. And, um, I mean... I think emotionally I uh, was not at my strongest, and I think that kind of led me to fight not my best. I mean, I was fighting probably like 90%, you know, and, and it wasn't 100% Nick the Ghost, but I was still like whipping his ass and chasing yeah. him around the ring and, and pummeling him. Um, so, you know. So, it, it so I guess, you know, the idea of you want to be in a place where you would, you would call it, you know, the zone or you would yeah. call it in that that ultimate level where you see the punches coming before they happen. You know, I've seen, I've seen you in that mode where, and that's kind of how you got your nickname. It's almost like, you know, you can just feel everything that's happening. Your confidence is there. Your combinations are from, instead of three shots, they're seven, you know, they're seven punches, yeah. you know, and, and I can, I can even tell, you know, tell some of the difference in that. And I really think it's a, it's a confidence game. And I think you can really apply that to every aspect of life, yeah. you know, and whatever you're doing is getting that kind of confidence and flow. And part of it is preparation, you know, for sure. You know, I was talking to Joe Rogan and he just did his comedy special and um, he was saying how in all his other comedy specials, he gets nervous beforehand, you know, and you would get nervous and obviously because it's a big deal, this is your time that you have to do it perfect and et cetera. But this time he was just able to really lock in the zone and get it right. And he was saying, you know, well, step one was that, you know, he was on the road doing his show like every day for a couple of weeks. So his preparation was immaculate, you know, so I think that's a key part of it. And then, you know, some other parts. Um, so beyond preparation is, you know, this kind of visualization and then just putting yourself in that optimal mental state that's right. going to allow you to perform, you know, effortlessly, flawlessly. And I think, you know, that seems it's kind of like a tricky thing that a lot of people chase you know, and try and find, you don't know when you're going to get it and when you're not going to get it. Um, but try, if you could actually try and more scientifically reproduce that state, you would be, you know, very, very difficult to defeat in any enterprise, whether it's, you know, a pageant or whether it's whatever, it's this can almost contagious feeling of confidence that certain athletes, certain performers, performers get. Mm -hmm. You know, so how do you get back there? I think, you know, one strategy would be the neuro-linguistic program. Keep telling yourself constantly throughout the thing. Just tell yourself, even if you don't fully believe what you're telling yourself, like, I'm going to win. I'm going to be a champion. You know, Nick the Ghost is going to be the champion at this weight class or whatever. And you just tell yourself constantly and hearing your own voice and you, you say it out loud, hearing your own voice, you know, reinforcing that all the time is going to make a difference. You know, same for you you know, I'm going to be Miss America, you know, how's it feel to be Miss America? It feels great, you know, and you start, you start talking yourself into it. And then I think 
that's certainly one strategy. Another strategy is the, you know, visualization, you know, just kind of visualizing yourself with a crown or yourself with a belt. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, though, you got to just let it go. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to drop it from your mind and embrace that kind of Zen samurai philosophy of just no mind. You know, get your mind out of the way because your mind is what's producing the doubts. You know, your soul, that infinite part of you, believes that you can achieve that because it knows what it's possible. You know, it sees the realm of possibility and it knows that it's possible and it knows that you can do it. It's just your mind that's going to get in the way. Yeah, totally. So you just got to push that out of the way and then just become soul and body directly, you know? And so the mind doesn't play a part. And when the soul's driving the ship, and the body's in good condition, you know, you can't be beat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, th- I think that's the, uh, that's the key. And I know for yeah. uh, even, even pageants, like we have our final, the final contest or the final competition that you're being judged on is the final question. You walk out, you're in front of everybody, you have no idea what you're going to be asked. And I remember just letting everything go. I, had, I couldn't control it at that point, yeah. you know? I was either going to win or I was going to go up there and just completely blow it. Yeah. So I went up there, just let it go. I remember looking out and not, I, w- I couldn't see the crowd because the lights were so bright. So I just kind of like looked into the lights and then turned towards the MC and was like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. But I was going to ask you, Nick, as far as like going out there, when you get like popped in the face or someone, you know, kicks you, whatever it is, when MMA or your boxing, does that like bring out like more adrenaline like can you feel the pain or do you just keep no. pushing harder and harder and harder yeah i mean you, you're kind of your adrenaline's so high and you're, you're kind of in it's almost like for me it's almost like a dream it's like very okay. surreal it's like like oh he just hit me you know and like it's just like nothing yeah it, i mean I, i've never you know i've broke my hand i've had my arm broken i've had cuts you know stitches bleeding and um you don't really feel it until afterwards like the time when my arm was broken it was broken as i was you know beating the crap out of the guy i knocked him down he's hurt i'm like oh i'm gonna you know finish him and he throws an arm bar up and he gets it and i'm like shit and i'm trying to get out and pop pop there goes my arm um free stops it they they come and check me out doctor lets me go um i keep fighting but i just remember looking over at my trainer rudy and i'm like how much time and he's just like he's kind of freaking out he's like just fight, and I was like, all right. But I knew there wasn't much time left, so um, I ended up winning. But, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, everybody, yay, I'm excited. Ooh, fans, crowd. Uh, it gets to the dressing room, and I kind of cooled down. I'm like, oh, my fucking God, my arm is killing me. Like, Rudy had to help me put my clothes on, put my pants on and shit. I mean, so did you not know it was broken until uh, you got No, I mean, there's something bad happened to it. Because I heard it, you know, and I yeah, like, he, I remember watching that fight. Oh, you, you couldn't, yeah, 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 you, you couldn't, there. you couldn't throw anything. No, nah, like, okay, so it was yes. like they get me back. And they're like, "You ready? You ready?" Because they had to restart us, and I'm like, "All right." They're like, "Fight!" And I was like, Whoop. "My arm just kind of falls back, and it, it's kind of like this rice noodle arm." <laughs> like it, I couldn't, I couldn't fling it, you know. Um, but you know, nothing really hurts until afterwards. I mean, you'll everything sounds. I mean, that, that's why I guess maybe going to and actually seeing one live. Like when somebody gets kicked in the leg really hard and you just hear that noise, you're like, yeah, that hurt. Like mm. it just sounds like ksh, the intensity. You're like, oh shit, you know. But um, I mean, some guys are conditioned better than others. I mean, obviously with something like a leg kick, but even just getting hit in the face, like I don't, I don't get pissed off. I, I, it's just like 
I'm, I'm like really like in in my my focus in my zone because fighting emotionally is is, is wrong. I mean, if you if you get mad that you got hit, then you're gonna get tired. Yeah, yeah. The adrenaline levels are so unbelievably high. I mean, even in like a hard sparring, you stop feel oh, you yeah, stop yeah. feeling the shots that you're that you're taking. Weirdly, you know, it's just impact and damage. It's like you're. You turn into like a computer. You're like, up oh, damage in the yeah, right, in no, the, damage was, in the right quadrant. You know, yeah. meanwhile you're like bleeding. I was recently sparring with the uh, getting ready for this fight, and uh, the guy I'm sparring with is probably, I guess, the best prospect coming out of Austin right now as far as boxing. You know, he's ranked nationally. He's an amateur dude, been looked at by like you know some of the bigger uh, agencies. Um, really good amateur boxer, but he's a little bigger than he's bigger than me. He fights at a heavier weight class and everything, but. It, God is just phenomenal. His speed, his power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go around with this guy, you're like, all right, whoever I'm fighting, I'm going to fuck him up because this guy is the baddest, you know? Yeah. But that's what it takes. You have to fight, you know. Well, for MMA, I was getting ready for the MMA fight. So I trained with better boxers, better jujitsu guys, better wrestlers for that reason. But anyway, so when I when I was just sparring with him, I heard one time he hit me, and I was like, oh, shit. And, like, I said shit really loud. Uh. And, again, this, this is the adrenaline, though, but part of it. But I was like, ah, I think he broke my nose. But I'm still, like, fighting, and I'm kind of laughing about it. But my brain did say fuck really loud because yeah. he hit me. It was just, like, perfect on my nose. And I was like, Pfft. I mean, I thought it was – I didn't think it was broken, but I thought, okay, shit, I'm going to start bleeding any second now. But it was just, like, one of those little, like, I guess punches when you're, like, a kid. You get, like, socked in the nose and your eyes yeah. get watered. Yeah, I was like, gonna Motherfucker, say, like – How do you continue to see anything? No, no, I grabbed his ass. I was like, oh, I think he broke my nose. <laughs> and, like, I tied him up a little bit, but kind of giggled. But, I mean, that was – I mean, that too also things just with – you know the experience of just and just doing it so many times sparring so many times i mean i've been fighting for 11 years now it's just like it's like what about what about the what about the nerves because i remember when i was playing when i was playing basketball you know you'd go through the national anthem and you know breathe (laughs) breathe deep i mean we'd get a couple five you know up to five thousand people out to our games and you know so it'd be a pretty big deal and uh and then you know Sometimes the nerves, sometimes you come right out of the gate and you're just like a fucking tiger Race horse, and you're yeah. just ready. But other times it would take me like going, playing some defense and hitting my guy in the chest, you know, like some kind of physical contact before I could, you know, get the, get the nerves out and really, you know, get a sweat, get somebody who I can, who I can, you know, feel and like start to, start to push. Does that, does that, does that ever happen to you in fighting where it's like, you have to have that first exchange or that first kind of, yeah, you know, clinch sure. before you get the nerves out. I mean, at, at times, yeah. I mean, there's been times where you know I'm, I'm, I don't, but then there's a lot of times that you're just like, all right, here we go, and then, all right, yeah, we're fighting now. You know, <laughs> then, then yeah. you kind of get woken up. You know, um, sometimes that happens with me. I think just because I fucking hate the announcement. Like, <laughs> I wish they could just get us in the ring, ready, ready, fight. You know, I I, I love it. I mean, I guess for the MMA, you know, you watch. Like in the UFC, you watch a guy like Bruce Buffer. He gets so fucking into it. Yeah, you, know, yeah, like, yeah. Ah, ah, yeah. you know, you're just like, ah, you're ready to go. But it's just that long fucking three or four minutes. So it, if you're really time, us, it's about us, five minutes. Walk us through that. I mean, what do you feel into it? Okay, here I go. Okay, I walk out. This is yeah. me walking out my feet. All right. I get fast out. Walk. Yeah, it's a fast yeah. walk. I'm going to fucking get in there and fight. It's like a sea walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my Speedy Gonzalez walk. It's a Mexican walk. So, I, you know, it's just when you get in there, like, you know, I'm, I'm in the back, I'm warmed up, I'm going, I'm getting in my zone. 
I'm focused, you know, I'm thinking about my preparation, my training and shit, and I get out there, you know, I walk out, you hear people, you see people sticking their hands out, you kind of whatever, you know, you're just in the zone, tunnel vision, it's like, there's a fucking ring, there's the ugly ring girls, there are the judges, I need to get in there, I need to fight, so then you get ready. <laughs> they're the ugly ring girls. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But, uh, so anyway, so then you get in there and it's like, okay, your gloves are, you're on, your mouthpiece is in, your shirt's off, your Vaseline's on. You're ready. You're seeing the LeBron lights. Like, it sounds like a Saturday night. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's Saturday night fights. <laughs> Shirts off. In the Vaseline's on. I did sound good. Right. That was bad, right? Oh, All right, continue. So then, you know, yeah, Vaseline on your chest. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, you're there. You're greased up. You got the mouthpiece in, cup, jogger. I mean, the referee checks you out. You go in and you're there. And you're kind of doing your thing. trying. So, to so you kind of just you kind of just go through motions you're familiar with. But when is it really kind of set in oh when that it, when the announcer walks in it takes fucking 30 minutes to announce yeah both fighters so it's that kind of like, oh. it's that kind of quiet where you run out of stuff to do you're no longer walking you're no longer yeah. getting greased now you're like oh. you're no longer checking your cup you've done your little walk around the ring your intro music is over yeah and then you just gotta wait yep and here he comes he's like fighting out of the red corner and now uh. now what do you what do you do with your opponent at that point do you like do you like start thinking about your opponent? Do you try and like, are you conscious of trying to mind fuck them before you fight them? Um, or are you just kind of in your own, in your own world? Different, or? different, different. Uh, everything that you just said, different, different scenarios, different times. I mean, I've personally not liked two guys that I've fought. So I'm looking at them and I'm just like, I'm going to fuck you up. I mean, I'm going to smash you. I fucking hate you. Like two guys out of 40 yeah. something that I have not personally liked right. where I was just like, you're going to get it, you know? And you know, I smash both of them. Then there's, you know, the guys, or there's the fights where you're just like, you're looking at the guy, you're there, you're kind of, all right, all right, you know, I've done this, I've trained really hard, I've done all my work, I'm a better fighter, he's not going to beat me tonight, tonight's my night. Yeah, so you're focused more on yourself yeah. at that point. Yeah, and then there's... So, so in, those, in those circumstances, you go into the, you go into that, you know, where you stare each other down right before you, where the ref is explaining the rules, right? Mm -hmm. So how many times when you're actually staring somebody down? I mean, what are you thinking then? I mean, is it real? Is it? Are you like really projecting? Like I'm gonna fucking eat your children, you know, yeah. like Tyson? Or are you just like, yeah, I, I got? Yeah. I mean, he's children. Step on his nuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or are you just kind of, you know, you gotta kind of mean mug the guy just for um, just for just because that's what you have to do. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's definitely not. You want to go out there smiling and, and be on friendly and shit. Cause, right. You know, the other guy can be, hey, what's up? Shaking your hands at the weigh-ins, telling you good luck. And if I start, he's going to try to take your fucking head off, you know, right. or or whatever. So you can't give him that edge on you mentally. So you got to get in his face and get in his ass like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up, man. So you got to try and alpha. You got to alpha him a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, for that. sure. Yeah. You got to have the bigger balls that night. I mean, you have to. I mean, I've had weigh-ins where um, I've got off the scale. You know, you're there doing the pose off, and the guy sticks his hands up and just to mentally get in their head – you know, I get up right in their face and, and just, you know, mad dog. I'm like, like, like they owe me money or like, to me, it's like, you're trying to take money from my kids and my that, family. And they are. Like, Fuck you up. Yeah. So, I mean, you have to get that, that, yeah, the chest out, you know, I'm the alpha male. I'm, I'm the alpha ghost. I'm the fucking man. You're not going to beat me. You have to do that. And if you can kind of project that into, I mean, they'll see it, but they're, they're doing it as, you know, the same time too, you know, that they're doing it also. There's no guys, it's a fighter that I know of is going to go in there and be like, Oh hey, you know, yeah, yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah. you know. They they know the game. Exactly, you know. Okay. How about how about with you, Whitney? Do you have are there any kind of, you know, head games that that 
you play? Do you try? You know, is there any kind of posturing and alphaing in the uh, in the pageant community? Because I know you know there you watch has to be, you watch cause... Arnold. You watch Arnold in that documentary, Pumping Iron. Have you seen that? No. You should see it because well, it's it's a bodybuilding competition, but it's similar to a pageant, right? <laughs> but he does. He goes to extreme lengths to just completely psych out his. Uh, his opponents. I mean, he just crushes them mentally, like Franco Colombo. I mean, as far as like talking shit or what? A different, different subtle psychological means that he uses. Like the Hulk. What was the Hulk's name? That was uh, uh, Lou Frigno. Lou, Lou Frigno. Didn't he like okay. go to his gym one time when Lou was working out? And he's like eating cake or he's yeah, doing something yeah. funny he like that. All, oh, he does yeah. All no, kinds I do that stuff. all the time. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, because a swimsuit is really important when it comes down to it, and I am just naturally, I naturally have a. Um, muscular physique so i mean i'll walk in there i'll have my little jelly beans or i'll be eating some brownies like just no big deal hanging out but i'm super nice to all of the girls right just super nice because i mean what am i gonna be rude to you for i'm here to win that's all well that that's strategy that strategy may not work you know the mean strategy may not work well period. because there's so many there's mean girls out there i mean that but that's an everyday i mean right. everyday life there's mean girls and so i mean i've heard horror stories of people cutting up dresses i oh, my wow. dress got stepped on three times at miss texas t and right in front of the judges like on purpose wow. and you Bitches. know i was just yeah. like all right you know what am i gonna do about it now what am i gonna do pull her dress down or something like no I just don't really yeah. get into the whole right. game of it. I'm there to win. I'm gonna do my best to win. Yeah. But I mean, if you know, I can psych her out a little bit for um, swimsuit. I'm gonna do it. I know we have sometimes we have like pool parties beforehand where we're supposed to meet and greet and you go swimming. So I make sure that my body is in perfect shape and that swimsuit looks damn good when I walk yeah, out there. Yeah, they have. Then they'll have that <laughs> little bit of doubt when they're just walking a little around. bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's similar to what Arnold used to do. I mean, if you watch it, and I really highly recommend you watch it. Yeah, I and, definitely. And everybody, will. everybody actually should watch the documentary. It's fucking awesome. But the way he would, uh, the way he would just have like it was like a breakfast with Lou Ferrigno, and I should really see this again. But he's talking about you know some aspect of his chest development, like being on track to be ready maybe eight weeks after the Mr. Olympia. You know, oh. he's like, oh yeah, you know, it's looking pretty good. But you know, timing, you know, you, you those are going to look great, you know, in like july and the, the competitions in may you know and so he's already like maybe i'll pick up some and, tips yeah he's already <laughs> like in his head there's some there's some pretty i mean he wants he also told some guy you know even guys coming up you know that were could possibly challenge him at some point you know he, he spent like an hour teaching this young young buck coming up how to scream when he was flexing right and they practiced it and he's like this is the secret this oh is what you God, got awesome. yeah and and so the guy gets out there and does it, and it's just dead silence in the crowd. <laughs> Fuck, everybody's like, like, "What? What, what are you is doing? that?" I mean, just crush this guy. You know, just crush this guy. So I mean, that's a little extreme, but I think you know some of those subtle means I think are probably more effective. Like you said, eating cake. You know, when all these guys have been starving themselves and just pure tuna. And yeah, that's what they do. They, the girls starve themselves. They won't eat anything. They'll hit the gym and do like cardio like crazy before the night and i'm mm -hmm. thinking my body is not going to change from tomorrow it's going yeah. to look like this on stage yeah. you know so let me eat my jelly beans right <laughs> i think that's a thing. good strategy because then the mean the mean thing you know it sometimes it works maybe if you have like a really weak person you can really intimidate them but i know i know for myself like if i'm going to play tennis with somebody right it's for you know and and it's going to be some kind of important match if someone's like I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, maybe they're way better than me. They'll fuck me up, whatever. But if we're even and they're going to be psychologically get the advantage, if they're like, 
oh yeah, you know, I'm playing great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat you. You know, See, that pumps me up. That exactly like, really? pumps me up. I'm like, really? Right. Yeah. Just, All right, uh-huh. yeah. Bring it. But if they're like, they're like, man, you're really playing great today. Like your backhand looks phenomenal. Like, like I just hope I can great get a call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, it does look phenomenal. And I boom, like hit him into the net. You know, it's like, it goes the opposite. You know, yeah. you actually can almost psych someone out the other way right and have it be even more effective well i do know like come to think of it during rehearsals and stuff we do have to do like our walk and we have to do our stance like on stage ready to go and practice it and there will be girls that be like you really need to work on that you should stand like this and you know it's completely wrong but like they will try to give you tips that are just like really no you don't do that at all and i'm overhearing some of this stuff like come on and i got blatantly ignored my first time ever to get Stared in the face, ignored in an elevator. You know how awkward it is in an elevator already. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, try oh, and get in an elevator with a guy you're going to fight. What's up, bro? Ding! This is my floor. This is my floor? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go. I'm not on this floor anyways, but yeah. I'm getting off now. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting off now. <laughs> then I'm like hitting my trainer, Rudy. Go on, let's go. Let's get yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> off now. Exactly. But so, yeah, yeah there's some definitely mean girls everywhere, though. Yeah, I almost wonder if you could employ the compliment technique in in pageanting. Like, if someone was, I don't know if there's like practice questions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there are. But if you, I mean, if there was like a real threat, I don't know if you want to get involved in this. But I think it may be effective to be like, you know, really, you know, how you how you start answering those questions is really amazing. Like, just how you immediately eloquent right out of the gates. You know, compliment some like obscure little fact about how they do and then they'll start thinking about it yeah like, that's true yeah you know i am yeah what what do i say when i first start these and sentences and then they're gonna walk you know? out and think that as soon as they yeah a- yeah that the they question. have that they're gonna they, they're expected to be brilliant on their first intro word mm-hmm. you know and pressure and I, yeah so i mean i'm standing behind the curtain yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know really the truth of the matter i mean what's gonna what's gonna get you to win is the fact that you're gonna believe you that you believe you're gonna win and mm-hmm. that's why that's why we're gonna be doing this podcast with miss america let's do it come the day come the day all right so another another issue i wanted to talk about now that a lot of these guys listening here would probably want to know is uh is how how does a guy um get to catch the eye of a, a girl such as miss texas you know what are you looking for in a dude now you're how old are you you're 22 22 years Jesus old. I got a whole, now that's I got, now that's yeah. baby that changes that changes a little bit but there's probably some consistent things that you're looking for in a guy. So what? So what is it that's going to catch your eye? Okay. Well, I definitely want someone that's confident, but not overly confident. I mean, if you are just so into yourself, just don't even bother coming up to me. But is that really confidence, or is that insecurity masquerading as confidence? I don't know. I mean, I guess it would just depend on the situation and how it came off. I mean, like the situation. I'm not convinced he's actually confident in his abs. <laughs> you know, I mean, why would you be showing him so much? You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh no, no, no. I don't. Like, I don't want to do. No, do not do that. He probably has a fat person complex. You know, yeah, maybe he's a kid. Maybe he's a kid. He's fat. It's like everybody look at my shit now. You know, like, I don't he, like that type of thing at uh, all. Okay. That like turns me off to the max. I'm thinking like, please. Guidos or like <laughs> just like check this out. You uh, know, like yeah. no, because that really. that actually betrays lower confidence. Yeah lower confidence for like, sure why do you i mean show everything off right now yeah yeah i agree so so all right so confidence is key but i think people i think people worry that uh, i guess the distinction that i'm trying to make is that true confidence will never seem like too much confidence mm-hmm. you know what i mean like the the best champions you know they won't even talk about their sport 
or what they're able to do. They just live it. They just are, right. you know, like you're not going to see John Jones out, you know, trying to mean mug somebody in a bar to prove that he's a fucking badass. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be like, someone's going to say something stupid. And he's just going to laugh and just kind of smile to himself that, yeah. and think like, if you only knew, motherfucker. You that's know? what I like. I mean, that's because that's kind of how I. But am that's too, but like... that's real confidence, right. I think. You and know, I've... and I think everything else is just is just bullshit. Like these guys are getting pumped up in the gym, and they're fucking all swollen to their mind, and they're in this big old jack truck. You know, like no. that dude's not confident. He has insecurities. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Small penis. Yeah, I was gonna say Something. tiny balls. Something. Yeah, tiny Peanuts. balls. Something. I mean, even he can, he can be, <laughs> he can even be hung, but uh, you know, I mean, some some issue is causing him to have to overcompensate in a certain way. Right, and I definitely, I'm all about. I mean, you got to make me laugh. There's got to be something to make me laugh. I, I mean, I love to laugh. I love to have a good time. And so, if you can make me laugh, that's probably key right there. And then honesty, I really have to have somebody that I trust. Because if you don't have trust in a relationship. I mean, it's like, why are you going to the grocery store? Yeah. To buy to milk. To get food? Yeah. I'm hungry? <laughs> I'm going to go yeah. hit on the cashier. Well, what do you again, think I'm going yeah. to the grocery store for? Again, that goes to confidence. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, insecurity is the root of this, you know, lack of confidence and jealousy. You know, I mean, if you're truly confident in yourself, if you believe that you are the best catch that this person can get, they'll believe you and they won't even look for anybody mm-hmm. else. Right. You know, so it comes down to comes down ultimately to confidence so but but sense of humor is another thing Mm -hmm. you know but all right so that that all sounds good if you know somebody right and i think a lot of the problem a lot of guys have is that you know it's hard to get girls you know just let's just say like yourself to even get to know them enough to do that you know so how i guess what i'm trying to say is you know obviously through mutual friends can happen, you know, and that's obviously a, an easier way you get to really let your the part of yourself, you know, interact with the part of them, and then it becomes kind of easy. But is there any way that if you know that if you're just out partying or anything that that a guy can just kind of let himself be known and kind of cross the bridge to that first step where you'll actually, you know, pay attention to what he's what he's saying and what he's doing. You know, is there any, what can a guy do in that kind of situation? If they want, if they see, if they see you out and they want to meet you, I mean, not I guess you in particular, it, but yeah, well, I mean, it comes back to confidence. I mean, just take that chance, you know, come up to me. If you want to come up to me and talk to me, come up and talk to me or like try to catch my eye from across the room. Cause I mean, you can do that when you're out partying and stuff, you know, you go out, sometimes you see that one person or maybe a couple, sure. I don't know. And, um, yeah, just do it, go up there. But I, I really like. I don't think there's anything wrong with the girl making the first move. Like, if you see somebody, I'm going to go and talk to him. Yeah, but that's like winning the lottery. We can't, we can't, we can't be Yeah, totally, the chances of Miss Texas coming up to you and like, hey, what's up? But I, How you doing? But How I think, you doing, girl? Yeah. But I think you've made a point. I mean, I've, I've, I've certainly been there. You'll get a feeling when you're out. And, and, and I compare it to, you, have you ever played the game Galaga, Nick? You remember that game? Uh, Where you're all these little bugs. These oh, the pew, 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 shooting them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you put out this little tractor beam, right? And the tractor yeah. beam attracts more people to your team. You know, and I think there's a certain state that you can get in where it's like you're creating a vortex almost of energy. And it's mm. just, it comes from confidence, you know, so you could be out in a club or out in a bar and just that kind of swag, that confidence you'll create will create like a vortex and everybody will start yeah. to notice. You know, I think obviously, you know, one of the most the clearest times that I've seen that, um, you know, for fighters, particularly you come off a win, you know, I've seen you in the club after a win 
and you're standing on the couches, you're doing fucking your dance, <laughs> doing the doggy, yeah, doing the yeah. doggy, yeah. and and doggy people really just good. people just feel that. Like I saw Forrest Griffin at a club after he won the championship, um, the light heavyweight UFC championship, right. and he didn't even have to do anything, but he was like lit up like a lantern, yeah, you know, of just like emanating, like I'm the best motherfucker it, around. It, yeah, tonight. it's like, an irreplaceable feeling, man. It really is. I mean, I, I've I've you know. Cannot really put anything to compare it to winning a fight, you know, jumping on a cage, the victory, just hearing people scream, you know, just ah, just getting it out. And then celebrating afterwards with your friends and your family and there's people coming up to you and be like how excited they are for you, how happy they are for you, you know, that you won or they're like, hey, man, I was cheering for you, you know, you know, whatever. Um, or, or for me, you know, bouncing back from, you know, a tough loss, you know, like 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 the the fight where where uh, we went out to Phoenix afterwards, yeah, I was jumping on the couch, but that was like a make or break fight. Same thing, you know, with the Bellator contracts, I mm-hmm. lose, and they cut me. Then I come back and I beat you know Dustin Nice, who ends up going on the Ultimate Fighter, and um, I was like, man, I I fucking TKO'd that guy He's on yeah. fucking TV, but you know I have the win over him. But beating somebody and at the time, you know, he was just really doing well. So beating somebody like that dynamically with the jumping knee is just like. You know, it couldn't have been more perfect, you know, than having my close friends and my family and everybody there. It's just like, it really, to me, you know, it just, yeah, I, it's, it's hard to keep those feelings in. I yeah. would like to be like, oh, now I'm going to go, you know, home and rest. Like, no, fuck that. I'm going to go out. I'm going to celebrate. And I've been busting my ass. Yeah, sure. You know, let me get out. So I guess, you know, for, for people, obviously, if you're a fighter and you win a fight, you know, that's going to happen once in every great while, you know, but for a normal person, they'll never get to that situation. So find, you know, to try and get in that state, which is the state that I think it's possible to make, you know, the, make some of these magical things happen, make somebody like Miss Texas catch your eye or things like that. You know, you got to, first of all, focus on, you know, focus on improving your own life and improving yourself, you know, be truly proud of what you've accomplished what you've done even if only you know obviously a fight everybody else knows you know so you can kind of feed off each other but even if you just have a fucking great day where you kick ass maybe you write a badass blog and you handle your shit at work and you get a sick workout in you know kind of let that fuel this confidence so that when you go out you can put out your own you know kind of tractor beam your own vortex of energy that's going to draw people in and catch people's eye i think that's the most i mean i think that's the best way to do it i don't think there's any you know, obviously you can read a book like The Game and you can find some different tricks and different ways to get over your fear. But the root of that book is really about being a better person anyways. You know, it's about being more confident, being more interesting. They have some tricks, you know, for sure. But and, and playing on different psychological aspects. But really the bottom line is you got to be interesting. You got to be able to read what people are into and you got to really be truly confident in yourself, you know, and create this kind of energy field around you that's going to attract not only just girls but you know really attract other friends you know i mean some of my best friends um now are people that you know i met in a party situation where i had that fucking kind of swagger you know and i don't always have it but those those you know some of those times where i really brought as much energy as i could i pulled in people that i never would have met people who are you know, just would have gone along their way. You know, I mean, I think, you know, obviously my best friend now, Roger Huerta was one of those. I met him at a party where I was dressed up in a fucking Speedo and a Thor helmet. <laughs> and like, I don't and doubt just, that. yeah, it was a Halloween <laughs> party and I was just bringing it, just bringing it, you know? And so he was there and he was like, oh, who the fuck is this guy? You know, this guy in the Speedo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And we got to, it just, 
it was because of that energy that I was putting out that someone who now has become my best friend, you know, actually bridged that gap because he was, you know, especially, especially then, you know, he was still getting harassed for, you know, autographs and a lot of things all the time. I mean, it, so it can happen both ways. It's not just girls, but it's also guys as well. It's just putting that, putting yourself in that level of, of you know, kind of awareness. So I think that's something to, uh, something to strive for mm-hmm. if you're, uh, if you're anybody, you know, whether yeah. professional or just, uh, just doing your thing, you know, it's just get to that point where you can be proud of yourself. So we're almost finished here. And, uh, I have, um, you know, one, uh, one little last thing I want to do here. And this is a, it's a little psychological game that I'm going to teach the podcast audience. And it's called the cube. Have you guys ever heard of the cube? No. You guys ready? It's to play the matrix, it? isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you can give me a pill. All right, guys. So this is a little, this is a little way to kind of get some insight into somebody, maybe even break the ice if you're out on a date or something like that. So, I'll, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the cube to both uh, Nick and Whitney here, and uh, we'll uh, I'll explain the answers as we go through. All right, so I want you guys to imagine yourself in a desert, okay, a vast, vast desert. Mm, I don't know if I like this. You see a cube. Do you see it? Yeah. All right. Describe the cube. It's clear. It's fairly large, and it's off in the distance, and I'm walking towards it. It's clear, fairly large, off in the distance. And it kind of has like a halo around it. Like it's like, it's like, oh, the cube. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Nick, what do you see? I saw a Rubik's cube. A Rubik's cube. Mm. Very interesting. I don't know if that represents, you know, me trying How to figure something else. It's a How big, big hey, don't thing. Do, hey, hey, I'll do the analysis Okay, I was here. like, I don't <laughs> know what that means, Don't man. even think about it. You just see what you see. You just see what you see. It, don't worry a, about it. You know, it's not big. It's just, you know, actually, it's small. It's a regular Rubik's Cube. You know? It's a regular Rubik's Cube. Hmm. Hmm. All right. So there's a ladder in the desert. Is the cube still there? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you see it, right? Yeah. So there's a ladder. All right. Describe the ladder. It's pretty tall and it's going to the top of the cube. Pretty tall. Is it leaning on the cube? Mm-hmm. Very cool. What is the ladder made of? Same thing as the cube. I think it's just clear, kind of golden, silver. That same aww, <laughs> sense to it. <laughs> Fantastic. Nick? My ladder, I see I see it going to the sky. I don't know. Uh, going up, straight up. Like an extension ladder. Yeah. Just going straight up in the sky. Can't see where it ends. Just going up. Yep. And uh, what is your what is your ladder made of? Fiberglass. 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 Yeah. All right. And it's orange. All right. Orange. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So you see a horse. You see a horse. Describe the horse. Mm. It's like one of those Mustangs, you know, like the like real a, wild horse uh-huh. that's hair just blowing in the wind. It's like sprinting. I don't know where it's going, but it's, it's going somewhere. It's sprinting. Yeah. Does it have a bridle or a saddle? No, nothing. Nothing. Bareback. It's wild. Wild horse. Um, do you feel like you know the horse? No, but I feel like I, I do. I want to. I want to. I'm drawn to it for some reason. Right. What color is it? Brown. Yeah. Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Describe your horse. It's a white Clydesdale. Just mm. galloping. Not running fast. Just kind of like, you know, a little... Showing uh-huh. off his big muscles and just kind of doing his thing. Strutting. Uh-huh. And uh, does it have a saddle or a bridle? No. He's no. naked. Naked. <laughs> <laughs> He's bareback. Bareback. All right. 
Then you see a storm. You see a storm. Describe the storm. My storm's intense. I love storms. So the more severe the storm is, the better for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, come on, storm, let's do this. And I'm talking big, dark, black clouds. Like, yeah. ooh, yeah, lots of thunder and lightning. Yeah. All right. Very oh, cool. Yeah. Nick? Yeah. I see a, a real, real uh, dark colored sky. But the storm is one of those intense ones. And I, and I also see like those crazy colors that you'll see in the sky during a storm, like a purple, kind of orange, just like you're like, the fucking sky you're like what's mm-hmm. going on up there is an alien coming down one of those intense storms like yeah. hail and like duck all right cover. all right almost finished here almost finished so then now you see a strawberry patch mm. okay see a strawberry patch is uh is there a fence around your strawberry patch no no it goes fence. on and on and walking through it all right and uh big and red strawberries big red strawberries <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you do you see? Uh, what do you see? I'm actually picking them. You're picking them. Yeah. How many uh, How many strawberries do you eat, Nick? As many as I can. <laughs> I love strawberries. I do too. <laughs> how many do you eat? Oh, same. I mean, I love 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 strawberries. I'll Bring make it. I'll make love uh, to a strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you guys ready to hear what this all means according oh, to man. the uh, according to the so. psychological test? So the the cube represents what you think of yourself represents your oh, ego <laughs> so for you um you got fairly large a fairly large size cube you have a you have a very healthy so a huge ego would be like it's the size of a mansion it's uh, overwhelming no, no. the desert it blots out the sun <laughs> you know that's like a huge that's like a paris hilton type of ego right? well good thing mine's clear because it doesn't block out the sun right so yours is clear meaning that you feel like you're very transparent like people you you know express what express what you mean people can see through you I thought the halo part was really interesting. I think, you know, having that kind of internal glow. I mean, it's probably the healthiest cube ego response that I've ever heard. I okay, think for sure. Cool. Because it's this, it's clear meaning you're trying, you know, you let people see through you, you express what you really mean, you're not hiding anything. You obviously have a very warm and loving feeling towards it because it's emanating a glow and it's a good size. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a big cube. Now, Nick, Nick, on the other <laughs> hand, you I don't think a, I want to know what you had. A, you had a Rubik's cube, yeah. which means you kind of view yourself that your internal self is a puzzle. You know, you think that you think that, you know, there's something to figure out, you know, that that you have things that need to unlock ways in which it works better and ways in which, you know, you're just confusing. Um, and I think I've never heard of the Rubik's cube answer, but I think it's pretty. uh it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's really what I saw. I saw the fucking Rubik's Cube, man. No, Sorry, it's good, man. But, uh, but, you know, and, and obviously, you know, who knows if these things are right or not. Right. But more often than not, you end up finding some correlations that, that seem to make sense. And, and knowing you guys, I think uh, your answers are, are pretty interesting to me. I mean, I think that would mean that, you know, that basically, you know, there's some, you're looking for some way to get your colors to line up, you know, so you can unleash what you really feel is the true you i'm on a warpath you're on a warpath right and it's you're figuring out the puzzle and then when you do that's when you've solved the cube and then that's when it's you know it's a different Uh, look out world that's when this shit's going (laughs) down (laughs) so the uh the latter is what you view about your what you feel about your friends so um leaning onto the leaning onto the cube 
Um, both of you had both strong ladders. So you feel like, you know, the people around you are going to be assets in your life. Um, leaning on the cube, made of the same material. You value people who are also transparent, people who also have that kind of radiant glow. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll be able, they'll be able to assist you and uh, you'll kind of support each other in what you're doing. Um, Nick, um, yours is, you know, you had a Rubik's Cube, so it doesn't really make sense to lean on it. But yours going straight up to the sky. I think you also understand that, you know, your friends can be a big asset to you, you know, and that's something that can take you higher, you know, take you to another level. Um, the people who have, you know, very little trust in their friends, you know, the ladder will be broken. They're lying on the sand in the desert or, you know, it'll be all kind of fucked up or it'll have it'll be like this is an ornamental ladder. You know, like if you stood on it, you couldn't you couldn't go anywhere. You know, okay. and those are the people they don't trust their friends. You know, they feel like they're pretty maybe. But really, when it came down to it, if they were going to step on it, you know, it wouldn't work. The horse represents your ideal lover. So, <laughs> All right. so, um, so that is, uh, so, so that would be for you, uh, someone very wild, kind of unbridled, um, you know, the Mustang, very kind of untamable, doesn't have a saddle or a bridle. You're not looking to control, you know, you're not looking to control your lover. Um, it's kind of free out there, meaning that you, you know, you view it's out there. And again, you know, any boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever you may have, don't, you know, don't worry about the cube. It's just a game. <laughs> but anyways, what the cube would say would be that that, you know, that horse is out there and, um, you know, you're still looking. You want you want to find that horse. You know, you want to find that wild Mustang that's hardly tameable, but that you guys can, you know, take that journey together. Nick, I think, it. I think it was pretty interesting knowing that some of your girls in the past, you picked a big muscular Clydesdale <laughs> because I've seen some of your bodybuilder girlfriends and, and they, they seem to kind of fit the uh, fit the cause. Now, the color white means that you ultimately want them um, to be good, you know, and very kind of pure, pure and strong um, is really what you're is what you're after. But a Clydesdale is certainly a very strong horse, but not necessarily like a wild kind of scandalous horse either you know it'll 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 go to work for you would be what the uh the Clydesdale would say what do you think about that Nick um I only <laughs> had one girlfriend that had muscles <laughs> <laughs> and she was crazy <laughs> um I don't, know, I don't know why it's all white Clydesdale horse. I mean, I guess because we're, we're digging deep into your subconscious. Man, yeah, I know. Was like, you said out. a horse, and I was like, oh, Clydesdale. <laughs> I think because I like those horses too. Yeah. yeah, that could be it. But, uh, yeah, but you like a nice, thick like set thick. of haunches. Thick is in people. It is. <laughs> you see that picture I ever posted on my Facebook of Justin Timberlake? He has it. It's in black and white. He has a like a, a, a paper printed right. It says, "Real men love big booty bitches," and he's holding it like that. Okay. He got like the dead serious face. He's like. <laughs> you ever seen it? It's a skit that. from Saturday Night Live, but yeah. I posted on Facebook one day. That is, Anyways, that is you. You do embrace that. Yeah, I like those, I mean, those Clydesdale curves. They have curves. Yeah. Love curves. Right on. Right have on. Curves. So the uh, the storm, the storm represents um, the challenges in your life and how you view them. Um, you had a very clear, and it's funny, even in some of your answers, it was very clear what you kind of felt about that. You storm, you're like, yeah, I like a storm, fucking bring it. You know, meaning that you like challenges. You like them when they come mm-hmm. after you head on, and you want to meet them head on, and they don't scare you. You're not going to run for cover. You're going to be like, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. You know, bring it. Um, same with you. I mean, I think you were, you saw that same storm coming, and you were like, all right, you know, let's get it. And obviously, yeah. you know, you're in a fight climbing back to the top let's so i think, go, I think that answer made a lot of sense yeah. so uh, 
the strawberry field represents your attitudes towards sex. So, oh shit. <laughs> so both of Wait, she said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, both both you need your, some strawberries? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of you had some some very healthy attitudes towards sex. I think the um people who have like a barbed wire fence around their strawberry patch or like razor wire, those are the people that it gets a little weird. You know, it's like they have some really weird like dominatrix Yeah, like well, or some really weird issues regarding okay. it. You know, okay, it's okay, like okay. your it's like your obstacles towards even putting yourself in that Forbidden. frame of mind. Yeah, it's like you're gonna get cut. You like know, they can some, only have sex with the lights yeah, off. Yeah, there's the some like and, sin complex yeah. where you know, like mm-hmm. getting to the strawberries, you're gonna get cut. You know, it's gonna hurt. It's not healthy. It's needs to be barred and locked and you know you can't get in there but both you guys no fence <laughs> no, nothing at all no fence. Um, and when you get in there you know for you in particular eat as many strawberries as you can <laughs> and you can make love to a strawberry i think that was, <laughs> was a pretty good endorsement of, yeah. Uh, yeah. of what the question was getting at and obviously you uh you had no issues in uh, indulging in some strawberries, strawberries. <laughs> so um you know that's the uh that's the cube test so um you know, maybe you guys played along in the podcast. If you did, if you have any questions, hit me up at Warrior Poet US yeah, or hit me up on the here. on the contact sheet at uh, at Warrior Poet, and I'll, if you can't figure it out, I'll I'll help you out. It'd be great to hear everyone's like, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a it's a it's a fun game to play. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so I think that's uh, our time is up. The sands of time have, have gone out. We're gonna catch a workout now and uh, mm-hmm. kind of kick some ass here. So please, everybody, follow at Whitney Miller Ten. Yep on twitter that is miss texas's twitter she's just getting that thing going so let's help her out with that and then at nick the ghost Mm -hmm. and uh you can follow him as well and and keep up with him espn yeah this friday at uh in austin texas the frank Irwin center espn friday night fights what time uh eight o'clock central time eight o'clock central time yeah, and then after you're done watching that, you can catch Whitney on the Home Shopping Network. Oh, great. Thanks. Actually, <laughs> I'm off Friday. Some, oh, so. you're off Friday. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to uh, promote here, Miss Miss Whitney, while you have the chance? No, I'm good. I mean, I've, I've had fun. I'm glad that we were able to do this. A lot yeah. of good times. Thanks for having me. Indeed. Indeed. It was good times indeed. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, you know, again... Thanks for tuning in. Um, I'll try to get this podcast up on iTunes here soon. I'm just getting savvy with all that technology uploaded to Vimeo, get the whole thing rolling. So uh, plenty of opportunities to listen. Much love to the listeners. Much love to you guys. Thanks a lot for doing it. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Peace and hair grease. All right. I'm going to take a picture of this. This is so cool. I haven't seen it.